All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? It's a Tuesday, March 8th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show, and we're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL netminder Mike McKenna, now Daily Faceoff analyst. Two days in a row on the Daily Faceoff Show. Mike, how you doing, man? Man, I feel like a starting goalie again. Not that I got to experience that much, but it feels good. A couple days in a row. And you know what, Frank? I'm really excited tonight, man. I'm headed up to Chicago to see the Hawks and Ducks play. Uh, first time in that arena in Chicago, not backing up when you sit below the stands. So I've hardly seen that place, man. I'm super excited. How are you doing today? I am good. Yeah, it's interesting. You're going to get an up-close and personal look at uh, a couple names that are pretty high on our trade targets list. We'll get to that. Uh, 13 days away from the NHL trade deadline. Lots to get into. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck with this. How about speaking of the trade deadline, the Calgary Flames getting out in front of it. What an addition Tyler Toffoli has been making his debut in the Battle of Alberta as a member of the Calgary Flames. 10 games played with the Flames since his trade, 7 goals, 10 points, a point-per-game guy. He has fit like an absolute glove with the Flames, and we kind of thought this might be the case, given that he's previously played for Daryl Sutter and had success in Los Angeles. Knows a bunch of these teammates that he's now with in Calgary, including Milan Lucic, who was nice enough to pick him up at the airport. What does this say about the Calgary Flames getting out ahead of it and also giving themselves and Tyler Toffoli more time to get comfortable before you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
Well, it's such an advantage to be able to walk into a locker room and first know some people. Like you mentioned with Toffoli, he's been teammates with Monaghan previously. He's been teammates with Lewis, like you said, Lucic. So there's familiarity there, and especially with the coaching staff with Daryl Sutter. He knew exactly what to expect coming into this situation. And I think it was smart by general manager Brad Treleving to get out ahead of things and get Toffoli integrated to the club early. It's such a shotgun wedding at the trade deadline when you show up and all of a sudden, oh, we've got a month and a half left to play before it's playoffs. And you're just, you're still swimming. You're trying to find housing and you're trying to fit into a team. And it's not necessarily an easy scenario. I like this move. Get the player you want in advance. Let them get integrated. And I mean, I did it for me. Like I, I ended up being, ended up being claimed by the Philadelphia Flyers midway through a season. And I'll tell you what, by the end of that year, I felt like I was a flyer, you know, whereas previously I'd been traded and it was at the deadline. And even at the end of the year, it was kind of like, I'm still not quite there. So I, I think it matters a ton. And look at how the production point a game, seven goals. And he's had two goals on the power play recently, Frank. That's the big thing for me. His game continues to grow within the structure of Calgary. Yeah, it's interesting. You got your Flyers jersey over your shoulder there in your closet of fame. And, you know, when I think of the deadline, I think the other part of it for Calgary, to me, that was smart is not just getting out ahead of it, but reading the market, seeing that the mm -hmm. number of wingers that have term on their contracts that could go with Montreal dangling a bunch of different guys that have term on their deals that they felt like they wanted to get the guy that they thought was the best fit, not just any winger, but specifically Tyler Toffoli with also a pretty manageable cap hit. Could you imagine if he continues with this type of production? Mike, I just want to throw one thing at you also as it relates to the Flames and their deadline. I, they're still looking for a defenseman. I think they're also continuing mm -hmm. to read the market pretty well. There's probably more defensemen available on the rental end than there are teams that would need them. So they can probably wait until the very last minute, three o'clock on deadline day to pull the trigger on someone that they like and also still improve their team while maybe not spending a whole lot. So they did most of their shopping ahead of time with Tyler Toffoli and that really seems to pay off. Let's touch quickly on the NHL, which has officially severed all ties and communication with Russia's Continental Hockey League, the top hockey league in Russia. Many of their teams, the 22 teams that are still left after teams from uh, Helsinki, Finland, and Riga, Latvia withdrew from the league on the eve of the Gagarin Cup playoffs as a result of Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. A lot of these teams in the league, Mike, are government-backed or government-supported by different entities. We know how important hockey is to Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, in terms of sport washing and ingratiating himself with the Russian public. But this move is in addition to the other moves that the NHL has made over the last week, including cutting all business and sponsorship ties with Russian-based entities, the halting of publication of digital media assets in Russian, and also uh, their Russian language NHL.com site. Uh, there seems to be some small effect on the NHL team's ability to sign Russian free agents, just one more step that they have to take at this point because these two sides are not communicating. Uh, they won't have contract data. So NHL teams are going to have to independently verify that any player from the KHL that they attempt to sign does not have any obligation to the KHL both next season and in the future. 
I guess the question for you, Mike, is when you see all these restrictions that have been put in place as we get closer to the 2022 draft in June, there's been some high profile uh, Russian athletes that have been at the top of uh, NHL draft boards. Do you see teams being wary of selecting a player for fear that they may not be able to get a work visa? Yeah, I see that for sure. That was my initial reaction when Russia invaded the Ukraine was how does that affect that exact scenario, getting visas? And I think that's more government run more than anything in terms of regulation, but it's still causing a hesitancy. And as you said, it's now created extra steps between NHL teams and players from Russia. And that makes it more difficult. So I think what you're seeing now, even from the free agent aspect and going forward, you'll see is that it's going to be NHL or bust for these players and they need to be impact players from Russia. You're not going to see teams sign the hoper, the player they think might work. Maybe sign somebody as a free agent to put them in the American League and see how it works out. If this remains how it is with the NHL and the KHL teams not allowed to communicate whatsoever, I do think it'll decrease the number of, of Russian players in North America. I'm not sure as much at the NHL level, but there's definitely ramifications to this. You know, I mean, even as recently as a couple of years ago, there was still a hesitancy to draft Russian players, not knowing if they would come over. It seems like recently that had gone away. Now I think it might be back, Frank. Yeah, it's uh, two interesting things want to point out. Uh, one, I got a lot of questions on social media about how would this affect a player like Vitaly Kravtsov from the New York Rangers who's on our trade targets board. The answer is it wouldn't because Kravtsov is actually on an NHL contract that is loaned currently to the KHL. So they could bring Vitaly Kravtsov back to the NHL provided that he still has a work visa that's intact uh, back at any point. Um, so that's certainly something to keep in mind as we get closer to the trade deadline. And the other thing, too, wanted to point out and show some love, Yaramir Yager from uh, the Czech Extra Liga, of course, NHL legend. He's been having a fundraiser ongoing for the last number of days. You could buy some virtual tickets for just about $3 US to show support for Ukraine. The NHL coming forward today with a $68,000 donation in US dollars to uh Yarmir Yager and his fund that he set up for Ukraine uh, and the refugees. So interesting to, to see that and the support from the NHL. I love the $68,000 donation in, in honor of Yager's number 68. Uh, some cool stuff going on and, and certainly appreciate uh, the love from Yarmir Yager that, uh, that he's shown for the people of Ukraine in a really trying time. Mike, so some news this morning that the Seattle Kraken have signed their forward, Jared McCann, to a five-year, $25 million extension. That's a $5 million AAV. You saw the comments from Ron Francis just about 10 days ago to Ryan Clark from The Athletic saying, hey, Jared McCann is one player that we'd really like to try and re-sign. I think a lot of people were curious as a pending RFA, what would happen if the Kraken were to make McCann available, what kind of King's ransom could they get for McCann, who's been incredibly productive? What I love about this, Mike, is that the Kraken put a stake in the ground. They say, hey, this is one guy that we consider a pillar to build around. Let's build a foundation with Jared McCann being part of it. And I think that's what really sticks out about this signing, as it seems like a lot of guys from the Kraken appear to be up for grabs. It makes a lot of sense. Jared McCann's 25 years old. He's actually been in the NHL for quite some time. And it's worth doing a little bit of a history on McCann. You know, I, he came out with the Vancouver Canucks at 18 years old, makes a team out of training camp. He's a first round pick. I don't think he was ready. I think he'll probably agree with you in saying that he was thrown into a situation too early. He gets traded to Florida. We were teammates in that organization, played together uh, briefly there. 
And I'll tell you what, he had all the tools, but he needed the confidence and he needed to be put in the right situation. He finally gets to Pittsburgh on a trade and he finds that even in a depth role in their lineup, he found that confidence. He found a place to fit. And you've seen now why he was drafted in the first round. 21 goals in the season so far in 50 games. He needed that opportunity to play top line minutes. He's gotten it in Seattle. And Ron Francis was smart to lock him up for the next five years. It takes him through 30 years old with a team that's growing where McCann can be a face of that franchise and continue to produce and feel comfortable. He now has a home. He's done everything he can in the league to show that he deserves this contract. I think it's good business on both sides. Yeah, I agree. It seems to fit cap-wise, seems to fit term. And you also get a player that you've learned a little bit more about that also really wants to be in Seattle. He posted a video through mm-hmm. the Kraken's Twitter feed saying how excited he was uh, and wanted to remain with the Kraken moving forward. It's been a tough year. There haven't been very many bright spots. Jared McCann has certainly been one of them for the Kraken. And you know what I love about this also? The fact that you sign it on the morning that you were to play in Toronto. A Toronto Maple Leafs legend, Jared McCann, being with the team for, I don't know, what was it, three days before he ended up getting selected by Toronto or by Seattle from Toronto in the expansion draft after coming over from Pittsburgh. By the way, in, in person, interesting viewing tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mark Giordano, a defenseman that could be of interest. Uh, certainly maybe with some other Seattle Kraken in town at Scotiabank Arena tonight. Mike, we'll keep an eye on that. And today we're celebrating, just along with everyone else here at Daily Faceoff, the International Women's Day. Got to give some love to the women out there who have really broken through some incredible glass ceilings in the National Hockey League over the last year. This is just a handful of the women doing great work, more than 100 women across NHL front offices. And the Vancouver Canucks might need to stand out with the work that they've done hiring Cami Granato and Emily Castengay as assistant GMs. Can't forget about our own Rachel Dowry, who's part of the Daily Faceoff team, uh, hired by the Canucks as an analyst in their front office as well. Uh, lots of teams have made incredible strides forward here in this this uh, department. Mike, my question to you is, what do you think we'll end up seeing first? A female NHL general manager or a female NHL head coach? Looking at the board that we just have up right now, I have to think it's in management. I haven't seen the upward mobility within the coaching ranks just yet from the women's side. A lot of the college coaches at NCAA Division I hockey are still men coaching the women. So there's a bit of a lag there for whatever reason. I know that we'll see more women coaches coming out and being able to do things in the men's and women's games. Uh, But I think there's a lag, like I said. In the general manager side, you know, when somebody gets hired as an assistant general manager, like Emily Castingay or Cami Granado in Vancouver, anytime that person comes into the role, there's about a three to five year incubation period before other people around the league seem to think that an AGM is ready for the management role as the big dog, as the GM in the chair. So realistically, I don't think we may be that far away from seeing the first female general manager in the NHL, maybe three to five years, maybe sooner for all we know. But there's more people to choose from on the management side just now. But I will say this, the more women that are in management, the more everyone that's made this much more diverse, it gives a pathway for coaches to come in. It makes that a little bit easier to have that transition. I like that, I'm happy to see it because the more smart people we have in hockey, the better. 
Yeah, you said it so well. It's a path forward. You see, uh, dream it, see it, be it. I mean, that's really what's taken place. And uh, you look at, at the strides and, and I think, you know, I don't want to sleep on the idea of an NHL female head coach. I think there's been incredible uh, work done on that front, but certainly more to go at, to your point. I look at someone like Haley Wickenheiser, um, you know, on the development end with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind that, she could step onto an NHL bench today as an assistant coach and be such an effective and interesting addition. She's also juggling being a medical doctor at the same time, making her rounds there as well. Uh, such an incredibly talented and hardworking person, but she's someone that I have my eye on as the potential to be that sort of first NHL head coach uh, from the female side. So uh, glad to celebrate International Women's Day here at Daily Faceoff. We miss Rachel Dory, and I'm sure she's doing great work as well with the Vancouver Canucks in that front office, part of that triumvirate of females there. So let's, uh, let's continue on with uh, an addition of trade targets. Let's dive in and talk about what's going on in the market. Man, I feel like we're just getting revved up. We're so close to the trade deadline. It might take a while to get there, but man, it's coming. And Frank, you have a new top five. Hampus Lindholm, come on down. He's not only joined the list, but he's in at number five, Frank. Give us the latest on what's going on in Anaheim. Well, discussions continue between the Anaheim Ducks and Hampus Lindholm's camp, uh, initiated by Pat Verbeek, their new GM, about 10 days ago. And I would say at this point, with 13 days left, the reason why he joins our trade targets board is for two reasons. One, I can identify that at least a couple NHL teams have made Hampus Lindholm one of their top priorities at the deadline. He's rocketing to the top of some lists in terms of their interest in potentially trading for him should he ultimately become available. So the interest is there on that side. And the other part of it is the really simple comments from Pat Verbeek, you know, just about, you know, a week or so ago saying, if these guys are not signed, we're not in a position with our franchise with the Anaheim Ducks as we continue to build to keep these guys past the trade deadline and then potentially not get much or anything for them in the hopes that we're going to try and catch one of these last wildcard spots. Pat Verbeek has come into this with a realistic approach. And while they continue to try and hammer out an extension for Hampus Lindholm, who Team C as someone that's a real solid defender, can obviously skate, is smart with the puck, but doesn't necessarily have the offensive flair or the production in his game, that uh, he'd be a perfect fit for a number of playoff teams. So this is one of those things that uh, is continuing to drag on. And the longer it does, or I guess I should say, until Hampus Lindholm is signed with the Anaheim Ducks, they give it about a 50-50 chance that he stays or goes, that at this point he's going to be on our board for the long haul. There's been a lot of buzz about the goalie market, Frank. You know I always have my eye on it. We've wondered all season long. Edmonton, what might Toronto do? Other teams that are out there. Do you have a new name to add to the discussion that may be available on the goalie market? I do, and this may surprise some people, but it's Mackenzie Blackwood from the New Jersey Devils. He's obviously been out since late January with a left heel injury, and he's been working his way back. He's probably somewhere around a couple weeks away. But the point, I think, Aside from, you can put the injuries aside, I think the New Devils have significant marks out McKenzie and his long-term future with the team. 
mostly that his game, even when he was healthy, wasn't really at the level that they felt like they wanted it to be or needed it to be. And I think they're curious as to whether he can get back to that level. You think back to the way that he burst into the league, his first 70 or so games, a 916 save percentage. And you look at his last two years, he's really struggled. He's sub 900 this year, an 894 mark. 902 last season in 35 starts. So he's someone whose game has been trending in the wrong direction. And, you know, I'd be real curious to see whether one of these teams that's looking for a goaltender that potentially is even looking for someone a bit more of a long-term fit than uh, just short-term when it comes to these playoffs, that Blackwood could be someone that stands out. Hard to believe for a goaltender that some had pegged for potentially being on the Canadian Olympic team had they the players been able to go over to China. And we'll see what happens with Mackenzie Blackwood in New Jersey. Frank, we've talked about some players that have moved up on your list, others that have moved down, but who has fallen the most on your trade targets board? It would be the two guys from the Dallas Stars that were getting so much attention months back. I mean, think back to December and all the talk about John Klingberg and him vocally coming out and say, hey, you know, this hasn't worked out on the extension front with the Dallas Stars. Well, you know, I'd perhaps like to explore my opportunities elsewhere. And you love the passion that Klingberg has shown. And I think ultimately the Dallas Stars would like to make his wish come true had they not gone on an absolute tear. And they've been one of the best teams in the National Hockey League since February 1st. Uh, fourth best record and points percentage. They've been in talks with Joe Pavelski. So those guys are plummeting on the list. I have no indication, absolutely zero, that either Klingberg or Pavelski is available. Unless the wheels fall off in Dallas and they fall out of the race, those are two guys that are not going to be on the move before March 21st. Hmm. Lots to remain to be seen in Dallas, Frank. That's a team that I've had my eye on. I think they are as interesting as can be. Great job today, as always. Next, moving on here. Remember, delivered by DoorDash, DFODD in Canada, DFODDUS in the United States. That will get you 25% off your first order and free delivery. So thanks once again. Thanks for taking a look into the Trade Targets board. So we've got a couple things going on in the around the league right now. And I think a lot of people have looked towards Calgary and the hit that's taken place recently, the Lucic hit on Broberg of the Edmonton Oilers. And I tell you what, when you run this by, when you take a look at the hit, you have to think, man, this might be a suspension. And sure enough, the league has taken a look at it, but there is no discipline on the play. And the question is, is this a dirty hit? Should he be suspended? And when I watch it, I can't help but think what happens here is that Philip Broberg's a 20-year-old out of Sweden. He goes to reverse hit the player that's coming down on him. He goes to initiate contact. And guess what happens? It's Milan Lucic. He looks over his shoulder and he goes, oh, man. He tries to abort the mission. He can't get out of it in time. And Lucic just runs him over like a freight train. There's nothing Broberg could do about it. It's unfortunate that he went into the boards as hard as he did in such a bad way. Nobody wants to see that. But the reason why I don't think he'll be suspended on this and hasn't been is because he initiated the contact. 
And when that happens, the onus is on the players done that. Lucic didn't do anything wrong. So that's what's moving on with our inbox question. Next up, we're going to go to our own Tyler Uremchuk, who's going to bring us into points bet. Yes, let's get into our daily bets for the day. I finally had a good night. Nailed both my picks. The parlay on fire. Nailed my player prop as well with the Reinhardt assist. We'll look to build up a little bit of a hot streak. Tonight, so let's jump into it, courtesy of our friends at PointsBet. Starting with, guess what? Another parlay of two favorites. And I'm starting with a matchup between the St. Louis Blues and the Ottawa Senators. As you can see, it's on the bottom there. The Blues really didn't play that well over the weekend, but... They have been a fantastic home team this year, so I have no problem taking them in regulation, throwing them in a parlay with the Leafs in regulation as well. Uh, it's going to come out to pay around plus 130. The Leafs, you know, I get the goaltending hasn't been good, but they're playing a Kraken team that is dead last in goals for per game since the start of February. And the Kraken are an awful road team as well. So as much as I'm concerned about the Leafs goaltending and the fact they're on back-to-backs, the fact that Seattle can't score and they're bad on the road, I like taking Toronto and St. Louis regulation parlay at plus 130. I'm also taking the Detroit Red Wings in my second play in, in regulation. Red Wings coming off back-to-back losses. The Coyotes are actually playing some okay hockey as of late, but the Wings get back Jacob Verana tonight. And minus 115 in regulation is a good price on a Red Wings team that has twice as many home wins as they do road wins. I like Detroit in regulation. And to wrap things up with my player for the day, I'm going back to that St. Louis matchup. Jordan Cairo has been an assist machine as of late. He's hit this thing in six of his last seven games and three in a row is a plus 120. Fantastic price. I think the Blues can get the offense going. He's averaging 17 plus minutes. He's getting 17 plus minutes a game in each of his last four. He's playing on the top power play. Plenty of chances for Cairo to pick up an apple for me tonight. And no three plays, Frank. Yeah, what a interesting setup there. Uh, apologies for the technical difficulties. Uh, honestly, my screen just froze up and Tyler's internet is acting up. It's been sort of a mess today, so apologies for that. Uh, Mike, that brings us to garbage time. And Spencer Knight was back in the net for the Florida Panthers against the Buffalo Sabres. Spent some time with the Charlotte Checkers in the AHL, and you think that was actually a good thing for his development? I do. When it got to be about All-Star break, you could sense that Spencer Knight's game wasn't really where he expected it to be or the Florida Panthers. His save percentage had dipped below 90%. He'd gotten blown out of a couple of games and just hadn't looked like the same confident goaltender that everybody expected to light the world on fire. Like he did last year coming out of Boston College after two years there, signing pro, going 4-0 in the regular season, getting to play in the playoffs. He just hasn't gotten to play a lot this year because Sergei Bobrovsky's been so good. So... The Panthers send Knight to the American Hockey League for about a month. He goes seven and two. He has two shutouts and he got to play games in a row and carry the mail. And that's important. You need confidence as a goaltender. You need to have constant feedback and that chance to hop in the net. So I've had people ask me before, will this hurt a goaltender's confidence to send them down like a demotion? And I said, absolutely not. The other way around, if anything, it's a good thing. We actually saw it earlier this year with Jeremy Swayman as well in Boston. He goes to the American League with the Providence Bruins, plays well, comes back when Tuka says, I can't do this. And guess what? Swayman's been one of the top goaltenders in the NHL as well. Knight looked fantastic last night, made 30 saves and 31 shots, I believe, against the Sabres, got the win for his team. So this was a good move by the Panthers. And when you have the right mindset, like Knight apparently does, this is a positive step forward in his career. You never know. They might really need Spencer Knight this year. Sergei Bobrovsky's game has fallen apart a little bit 
in the last number of weeks. In his last 11 games, he has an 8-3 and three record because the Panthers have been able to score like nobody's business, but just an 8-93 save percentage. Bobrovsky looked a little bit better against two weaker teams in Ottawa and Detroit of late. We'll see if he finds his game again. I think there has to be a little bit of concern there. That's exactly the kind of numbers that Jack Campbell has had over this last stretch since December 7th, and you see Leafs fans are up in arms. Certainly hasn't been the same type of consternation because Florida has been cruising along, and because of that record that you know, you see the wins, you see the record, and you think, okay, maybe the goaltending isn't an issue, but Sergei Bobrovsky certainly hasn't been great for the Panthers. Good on you, Mike, to point out uh, Spencer Knight and his development as it continues. Such a young guy, such an interesting prospect. The Panthers view him as a franchise centerpiece. Mike, that is all the time that we have for today's Daily Faceoff show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League. We'll be back right here tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Subscribe on YouTube, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.